Hi everyone, this is Aliza and Satya. Welcome to Waste Fellows, our private therapy session devoted to shit talking and bad takes. Each episode will cover some pertinent issue or the other about culture, media, and politics. Today we're going to talk about AIB and the cultural malaise of stand-up comedy at large. So AIB was implicated in a series of sexual harassment and misconduct allegations that all came to the fore and uh, indeed sparked off the second wave of Me Too in India. Uh, AIB's initial claim to some kind of street cred was the comedy central style roast of Bollywood actors and it seemed that after their company had after that, their company had began to monetize youth culture, which was carefully packaged for their clients, brands that wanted a stake in this zeitgeist. AIB developed a dependence on what young people want, which is why the core team was always extremely online, using Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to appeal to new generations of Indians. Yeah, so AIB was really just this company... Um, that I think very sort of conveniently um, went from crass boyish humor to suddenly being the flag bearers of progressive comedy. Yeah, completely. And like if we really start looking at like what, uh, I mean, I think a good place to start, what makes us so annoyed with the IV is just the nature of their comedy and what like that entails. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, AIB was always just um, participating in this like virtuous, fake deep, exposing the problems of Indian's com- uh, Indian society style of comedy. Um, and my earliest memories of AIB, um, obviously not being a fanboy um, from the start, um, so I don't really know sort of the history of the comedy outfit, but to me it was honest Indian weddings and like that honest... Um, people fucking sitting on a plane. You know what I mean? They they always just said this honest Indian weddings, honest Indian planes. Um, which to me just felt like they were like Russell Peters, except like Russell Peters if if he made like YouTube videos. Um, and like Russell Peters for like Indian men who called Game of Thrones GOT in real life, expecting people to know what that means. <laughs> Yeah, it's like almost like what a lot of people wanted to see over here was like a mediocre version of something that happened 10 years ago <laughs> in the West and in those same, oh, I don't know, uh, at least the same form and the same formal structure as to how comedy worked over there. Like, oh, look at these extremely uh, banal observations about our society, which again, like I think skirted like just the surface. And then they started moving into what they would have probably thought was very edgy ground with that uh, entire roast or whatever. And yeah, the story after that, that's where it actually starts picking up in some interesting manner because then we see them rather like, yeah, as we'd mentioned, just transparently getting into uh, woke issues and like stuff that's pretty contemporary and young people are talking about and are concerned about in a very half-baked sort of... um, way without like yeah I don't think AIB's ever done I mean 
again even i'm not a fanboy or anything like that but it's just like from the little i've seen it's so surface level that like i doubt that they have delved into anything with any sincerity to begin with and in any substantial way right yeah i mean aib to me always felt like they were the men who initially started out with this problematic humor um and problematic in this extremely like saccharine like tacky way like they weren't even like yes. all guns blazing like um really like you know like really sort of getting into the nitty gritty of you know like what is fucked up about indian culture it just always just seemed like jokes that we had already it kind of just it kind of just felt like jokes about indian culture that we'd already heard um yes but told in this way i mean to me like the fact that the comedy roast was such was so celebrated for these aib boys um if you ultimately get down to it it ulti- it just comes down to the excitement of these men to like say cuss words and like gay jokes on a stage in front yeah. of bollywood celebrities like that's ultimately what it comes down to that it never really was about pushing the envelope in any way of either no. comedy or commentary it was just you know getting to take the piss publicly and getting paid for it um yeah. you know and yeah. then it seemed like they were shepherding these young men who were becoming fans of i mean remember an aib emerged at a point when oml you know only much louder the music and events management company was sort of seeping into through nh7 music festivals and representing certain artists and music shows and things like that was sort of developing a certain idea of what it means to be cool and young in india and then you have something like phantom films that emerges and you have a you know a company of four men the same way you have a company of four boys which was aib um also speaking to a similar audience of young men so it really just seemed like on all grounds young indian men and their sensibilities were being shaped and just completely always spoken to um so with aib it kind of just felt like they were taking that pre-existing group of young men and sort of their extremely predictable sensibilities and then shepherding that um away from the crass towards like um the progressive and towards like this um supposedly like ostensibly self-reflective and self-aware brand of humor which was then calling out like indian masculinity uh made some comments on you know like very like buzzfeed safe like buzzfeed grade topics like colorism um or like how to treat your domestic help better you know just all of these things that are like designed to make indians feel like they're in a constant engagement with their own like fucked upness like a certain class of indians and that engagement right. itself means that they're doing the work um of overcoming like these problems so yeah. aib yeah. really just started to speak to that group um and it sort of went from this like it again like how kind of you would talk like how you would talk about a teenage boy suddenly moving into his early 20s and realizing that actions have consequences that's kind of how aib's um history was charted yeah completely and like uh it's such a good point i mean you brought up only much louder and i remember there was this like age suddenly i mean i just just came to mind actually but like about ages ago i think 
maybe when OML was just sort of kicking off and there was like maybe one or two NH7s by that point, which was like kind of their flagship or whatever. And I think this uh, caravan did a feature on them. And then right at the outset, and it's like right there in bold letter on the feature as far as I remember, which is that this guy said, yeah, I saw everything that was fucked up about the scene at that time. And I wanted to uh, rectify these issues or whatever. So it came from this like weird uh, savior position, which is what I think like I, I, I think for like with AIB and stuff like that, at least with all these uh, weird uh, self-satisfying pat on the back uh, corrective videos, they felt the same for most part. I mean, it was like uh, at least like uh, very low stakes and very... Uh, very shallow uh, take on an issue basically yeah and this somehow yeah, yeah. I mean, this I was wonder... this was existing even before the wokeness turned obviously exactly and then suddenly the wokeness, the wokeness came started. later the wokeness was kind of like the yeah. second stage I think really I think the thing is that once the AIB boys were getting older um, and they were hitting an age that the brands that they were relying on um, did not want to target and they weren't sort of like the young cool kids on the scene anymore and you know they were getting beer bellies and balding they had they realized that they had to speak to a younger generation of Indians online that's right. um, so that's really when the wokeness thing started to happen it's this emergent wokeness in the people who are now probably 24 25 which is how how old I am um, it's sort of when these yeah. people were, I remember when we were hitting like 18, 19, AIB really started to make the shift. Um, and so I think that um, AIB was sort of that initial sort of shift from um, being, you know, like from boyish to adult was starting to happen. Um, and then they started, you started seeing these like Twitter threads about political correctness, right? And you started seeing these, like, um, these threads in which it seemed that they were turning inwards and sort of examining what was problematic about themselves. And almost all of their comedy at this stage was framed as, like, a bizarre, like, self-help for, like, incels. Like, like yes, men, like, yeah. reform yourselves and be a better man for women so they date you. It was always just that. Um... So I think when this started to happen, they really started to like shoot blanks about political correctness, the role of privilege in comedy. Um, and this was a lot of these comics at that time. A lot of these men were sort of participating in this. I mean, they were talking about the caste system. They were talking about being yeah. North Indian. They were talking about the dominance of Hindi. They were basically just covering like every issue that had been talked about. Um, yeah, but the gamut I, of all yeah. these topics on a particular corner of Twitter at that time, right? Like it was just, this is what people were on. Yeah, I mean, and it <laughs> totally just mimicked the conversations that were happening in the US, right? There was nothing really new yeah, about them except you're just changing up a few words. Um, you're changing exactly. like race to caste or class. Um, exactly. So that's really what was happening. And so that's why even these, the what their understanding of gender was so heavily influenced by what fucking like Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari were saying. It's like, no wonder we have this massive Me Too problem now. It's because you were taking advice at that time or you were taking guidance from men who yeah. were like sex pests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So of course you ended up, all of you ended up housing sex pests because all of you are just like in this charade together. 
there's an interesting aspect of it which is that like AIB as you'd mentioned wanted to distance themselves from a certain type of man but then uh, they lean towards a certain other type of like skeevy man who like uh, I mean people like uh, Louis CK I mean Louis CK is actually blatantly just like gross and like disgusting but like someone uh, like Aziz Ansari who suddenly like, what is it about men in comedy and taking their dicks out like I don't understand <laughs> yeah and it's like it's been two decades it's not a new thing at all and there's nothing fresh about it but it's still yeah I really hope all of them like I hope the AIB boys like finally get their dream of like collaborating with Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari and they all do like a world tour together. I have a feeling that like all these guys and given the tenor of like uh, Ansari's special are going to be like men going their own way in a couple of years. <laughs> or like if they were just given the option uh, if enough people pillory them online which they lack right now. They lack that attention that they once had. Like yeah, they probably uh, go on a world tour of like men going their own way. Basically. Yeah, I mean, I think AIB is just. I mean, that was Tanmay Bhatt's whole depression video, right? Like him going yes. and making a video about how he's incredibly depressed and doesn't think that he's going to reach like optimum potential again um, as a comic. You know, as some kind of I don't know what that was. Was that some weird like apology? Or this it's very yeah. Is, Again, it's the, it's, it's not it's even a an apology. You know, in in the vein of how these men operate, like they will never apologize. They will just make yes. themselves the victim. Yeah, which completely. to them yeah. is doing the work. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was so ridiculous to me that Tanmay Bhatt you know, came out as clinically depressed because, like, who the fuck does he think he is? Like, Deepika Padukone? No one gives a shit that he's clinically depressed. The only time someone is surprised someone is clinically depressed is when they're Deepika Padukone. Of course, then my heart <laughs> is clinically depressed. He was depressed before this entire thing happened. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and the timing of when he chose to come out with it is a bit, like, sketchy. Like, I don't know. This could have been like one of the, let's say, substantial things that AIB took uh, when they did their comedy, but he chose to come out with it now. There was a news feature about it. So It was so planned. I don't know. It was so planned just as a way for them to, a way for him to sort of get this public sympathy while yes. while using like this woke framing right of like mental health issues that's yeah. what everyone talks about on twitter like the importance of mental health and self-care and he very conveniently packaged it as that um so that no one could then dismiss him because in this day and age to dismiss someone means to invalidate them right so they said so how can you invalidate someone's depression or go you cannot make fun of or you cannot respond to Tanmay Bhatt. So he basically like wrapped ID politics around his finger and like sucked on it. <laughs> like with that video. <laughs> and um, and this another thing is that to me the parallels are just so striking. I mean I think this ultimately just speaks to sort of the the weakness of men in comedy at large, like the complete beta male bullshit that they spew. But the same yeah. way that Tanmay Bhatt, the same way, like, oh, he was, like, whimpering in that video. Um, there was an extreme, like, unflattering close-up. It just seemed so designed to make everyone feel bad for him. And Completely it reminds right. me almost of the soft boy image that Aziz Ansari was able to cull 
um, sorry, was able to create. And it always seemed wrapped up in how pathetic he was. I feel like these men, yes. Louis C.K., Aziz Ansari, the AIB boys, they were, all, they were keenly aware of how pathetic they are as men and how they fail to succeed as men. And I don't mean that in some way that they're champions of like gender equality or the abolition of gender because their failure yeah, at masculinity yeah. was never about upending gender roles. It was always yeah. about how they are the victims. Yeah, completely. And then Which is the what pro- they always circle it back They to. always circle it back <laughs> to. And then even in their comedy, in the woke era of their comedy, the problem of men was always flamed, framed as a generational conflict. Like, oh, this is uncles. This is like uncles with ear, like hair coming out of their ears. You know, this is uncles who wear gold chains. Like, this is a certain type of uncle, which you'll find across their videos. Um, or it is a problem of class. It's a certain type of man who speaks a certain way, has a certain Indian accent, has a certain presentation. Um, and even in moments when they were the voice of that man, like there are times in which they would shift from their, from like speaking in English to speaking in this really like rustic, sort of like raw, offensive way. And they, think, you know... Yeah, it was always present. It's more or less like the locus through which these guys like work their comedy through. The only real thing that they put forward is saying that, as you said, they don't want to... Like, this is the most hollow representation of this generational conflict that I've seen. Like, it is going after the same old things that we've always made fun of, like, at least as far as uh, in the Indian context it's concerned. Like sort of a very one-dimensional idea of the rustic versus these sort of young um, suave and like cosmopolitan men etc or at least that's how they perceive themselves I'm not yeah totally they, they had they totally had the victimhood complex of like metropolitan masculinity except none of them were hot <laughs> but I mean but speaking you yeah know, yeah this wokeness Um, And this straddling, I mean, one thing that has happened is that now that they've all been called out, there seems to be some kind of defiance um, through the very idea of wokeness. I mean, at least with Aziz Ansari, um, I know that a lot of his, I know he's done some India, India shows and a lot of people who went to those shows tell me that, you know, there seemed to be some kind of reckoning with um, the article that was released about him, um, that came out about him. And um, his behavior on like a date with this young woman. And I often wonder how much sort of this sophisticated version of rambling um, about wokeness, against wokeness, um, then sort of, I don't know, to me it's like the perfect, it's, it's, it's sort of the, it's how the narrative would logically go because from being someone who capitalized of having that sense of wokeness and someone who was a newer age version of like um, a man and someone who was talking about, you know, modern romance and the importance of equality and like technology and was constantly saying like this pseudo-intellectual bullshit um, or this... Of just it's just like read all about love by bell hooks. That's really what you need to do. Like stop trying to, stop trying to like re, like stop trying to redo this thing and be this like saint of like modern romance. You know when you're just like a small man who I can kick around like a ball. Yeah, yeah. Like. 
and I've always just thought that Aziz sounds and looks just like a sweaty Drake in his like a really oh like you know that movie Honey I Shrunk the Kids you know that machine that shrinks the, the kids father? Aziz and yeah. Sa- no Aziz and Sari reminds me of like the shrunken version of Drake in the <laughs> so and I just think all men affected with nasal voices have the same personality <laughs> So it's just like Aziz Ansari is such a fundamentally unattractive man. So yes. I just think like his so I always thought that him talking about modern romance was so funny because at the back of my head I'm like who who would want to be with you and then when I think about babe in on in that babe.net came out I was like oh so this is how you get women to be with you <laughs> like this is how <laughs> you make them extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah and I mean that's a funny thing because like and you're right like his entire this thing career is sort of been based on that even master of none is something of like him telling you that again all these guys are sort of on this uh, weird uh, new version of like self help books where they guide other young <laughs> like men through the world etc and oh, there's that. another interesting connection because like with the uh, launch of that second season he came on i think a vice okay vice that's funny enough to begin with but like a vice documentary where he sort of posits himself as some sort of food expert and the chef who's cooking for him is mario balotelli which is like oh yeah uh, yeah mario batali sorry balotelli is the the footballer i didn't mean to bring him in yeah but yeah who's also been <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah you didn't mean to mix up your definitely not uh, <laughs> yeah but anyway uh, yeah but yeah he's also been caught out and i mean like so but tally's story is completely grizzly yeah but the entire thing of that video is exactly as you said like he's a coastal elite and because they are in a really swank manhattan apartment uh getting this meal or whatever and trying to present himself as a man of culture he's saying that See, I just can't. I just can't take his like. I can't take this seriously. Like yeah. Aziz and Sari, his voice, his appearance, his embodiment, like yes. do not connect with the image of like a suave man to me. This is probably racist against my own people. I don't know what, but it just does not. Like, where are the hot Indian men in the diaspora? Why like, you... why are none of them being given this? I want to watch them. I want to watch yeah. Central Rama Murthy eat. Sandal Ram I don't want to see a season sari sloping noodles. Yeah, somehow Kumail and Hari Kondopolo Kondopolo and Aziz Ansari are the guys who like yeah yeah and they're the same type of man like Hari Kondopolo and like Aziz Ansari are skinny. Yeah. But getting back to the special like it's again goes back to the whole thing about um my boyfriend like how he brought it back on himself and the manner in which they do it. and as you said these people just don't apologize so i think his idea of it was literally like it's one of those things that uh, like hadi put up on a, in a tweet or something you would like end it with like makes you think because it sounds so stupid like as a line or whatever and uh, yeah he says uh, what i yeah i spoke to a friend of mine and he said i've been considering every date i've ever been on in this very hushed tone which i've noticed that he's adopted for the show <laughs> like his earlier comedy is much more like 
out there and he's extremely expressive and he's and very it, loud. He's like a cartoon he, character in his specials. Yes, yeah, he's completely like that and like yeah, this I like never I never took those things about these men who always like Appu sucks like Appu on the Simpsons is a terrible representation yeah. of Indian men I'm like you should be glad Appu is a representation of Indian men on a uh, popular <laughs> yeah, American culture because Appu is better looking than all us. of you Appu's better looking Appu has is a nice family man like as far no, as Appu's like Appu's not going around <laughs> trying to get white girls to give him BJ's when he's like up against he's, the window Yeah. And he's not he's never made to look like a, I mean he's never made to look like these guys are constantly seeking approval like he has that same accent the entire run of the Simpsons right. Yeah, <laughs> and like, frankly like what's the difference between like the Simpsons making fun of Indian accents and then all of these men making fun of Indian accents. I don't oh, see yeah, any completely. difference. I don't think just because they're kids of Indian parents that they can get away with so with uh, with this bullshit about making fun of Indian accents. Like that's what they keep no, using. It's oh because we're making fun of our own. You're not making fun of your own. Um, yeah, it's really not. Your you own. cannot appropriate the, pop they... culture. Pop culture <laughs> is not up for grabs. It is a lived experience <laughs> that can only be experienced once it is lived. <laughs> and whenever they bring up the indian experience these guys just seem so out of step with what's actually like i mean it's sort of an interesting anyway like hari kondo bolu's thing is uh, like mangoes and kumail is sort of like i don't even know what okay, hari kondo bolu's thing is like woke mangoes yeah completely that's yeah. going to be the name Which of I think his is next special it's more detrimental <laughs> it's more detrimental than apu has ever been I think. yeah i mean these <laughs> I these think... um men are more detrimental to my psyche than anything else <laughs> than any white rendering <laughs> of an indian um that's right yeah but yeah i mean aziz ansari's i'm happy hank azaria never spoke to him i mean aziz ansari's <laughs> sense of humor was always sort of host, um um holding his audience hostage to his virtuous yes. bullshit you know that was always yeah, it and yeah. now he's kind of turned on his audience um yeah. so it's yeah. it's interesting um i mean i wish he'd just do this as like a breakdown on twitter and not to a netflix special um mm, that's what it makes no sense directed by spike jones like the like complete like uh, i mean good promotions also the only reason i heard about it is because like spike jones all over the place remake um the movie her with Aziz Ansari <laughs> Aziz and Ansari. he should recreate the scene from the babe not de- not dot net article except with yeah. the sound of Scarlett Johansson's voice as the woman <laughs> <laughs> and then Aziz Ansari can win an oscar <laughs> finally <laughs> for sexually assaulting the sound of a robot like the sound of ai um but kabir singh Oh yeah, going to the other. We've been wanting to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, going to the other extreme. Like I just. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, going to the more honest. Now that yeah. we're talking, now that we're we're done talking about woke beta men, like woke incels, and like woke incel culture, let's talk about um the type of man that these men feel extremely yeah. intimidated by, and carve themselves in like a That's negative right. image and distance off, themselves from in a positive like, you know, way. very explicit way as to say like it's 
again highlighted in their videos it's like the moment that something like this is brought up they give you a bit of it and they're saying no no but that's absolutely not us by the way that's that's not what we stand for but here's a laugh line or whatever right like uh, here here's something absolutely tasteless but yeah i think we should explain the movie itself and the phenomenon around it before we go on right Yeah so I mean Kabir Singh is a film it was originally a Telugu film called Arjun Reddy and it's a remake of that directed by yes. the same guy Sandeep Sandeep Sandy So Sandy yeah. so Sandy Reddy which is his call center name which is my the call center name that I have given him So Sandy Reddy <laughs> Sandy Reddy So he um has made this film about a man who's like so basically like a 23 year old man played by a 35 year old yeah. man who has a drinking problem and is a is a medical student who's extremely brilliant and a high functioning alcoholic and sort of yeah the trials and tribulations of this um young old man's life um and one of the chances is that he falls in love with this 19 year old girl who's like this virginal pale beauty and almost immediately cla- and like claims her immediately so much so that like the idea of him um even speaking to him makes him go into a violent rage yeah and the film is basically what it this film sparked outrage and outrage i think was sort of informed by the glow that the me too movement yeah. has left over online um so so you know while it's kind of like felt to a lot of people i think felt like an affront that you know not only are all of the men who were outed in the me too movement finding their way back um to their jobs um and to the positions that they occupied before that not only that but in this moment in which everyone is supposed to undergo this massive like cultural sort of shift or like at least a moment of um i don't know a moment of yeah. consideration um and empathy for these women like you have a film like this that's like skyrocketing skyrocketing at the ba- um, yeah. at the box yeah. office so i mean i have such a low opinion of i mean i know exactly what kind of film this is that i feel like no reason to defend like there's like there's like absolutely no reason yeah. to defend this like there's just it's just such um i know exactly the kind of man sandy reddy is and i think ultimately like the problem is that um people i mean one of the problems that emerged was that sandy sandy was interviewed um by like a respected film critic and a film journalist and she sort of told him about the criticisms people have of the film and like why he thinks it's okay to show you know a, a man a man who is a heroic a heroic protagonist who regularly hits stalks and is abusive towards his girlfriend um and people are really enraged by his responses in the interview um and i really think that the fundamental problem is that sandy reddy is sort of just like an opportunist yeah. who very much like the aib boys is using public outrage also or not even public outrage like feminist outrage against violence against women on screen um as a way to sort of oil the engines That's of his right. career yeah so ultimately you know they're playing at the same yeah. thing um or a similar thing yeah 
in the sense that like uh, with at least with sandeep reddy this is exactly like the purported stance this is exactly what you can expect from a person who makes a movie like this i don't think that he would have come out and said uh, anything different which which is what like i think about when it comes to this uh, outrage but i just want to know from you like what do you think put this movie like specifically in such a way that no other movie before it i mean we've had these films releasing every year in fact i'm sure the month arjun reddy released they were like i mean or that year they were like four other films like this of this nature or whatever but like uh, this specific moment do you think it was like something people because they were on the heels and they were seeing these things happening which is like men getting reinstated without like uh, much fanfare or anything for that matter <laughs> like just getting back to their lives and getting back to their jobs as if it were normal and then suddenly an extremely ultra violent movie like this comes out but like wh- where do you think that like um, i don't know it's a pretty uniquely like sort of online outrage at least as far as like i'm concerned i think the movie is doing well but like where do you think that emerged from basically of course it's extremely online outrage because like you said look at how yeah. well the movie is doing I mean one thing is that I think people on Twitter think the there's a certain section of people on Twitter who think that the world subscribes to their like sense of moral outrage so I think that's part of it like people are shocked that this film has done well and that's definitely what uh, but I mean I think those people are just I think probably just clueless about the fact that this country is yes. misogynistic and that they are misogynistic yes. men and there's no amount of lecturing that that's going yeah. to change that um but i um also just felt like what was misguided about the response to his interview was a lot of women using mm. twitter to sort of elucidate their traumas and like what they'd been through yeah. in relationships as a way to sort of categorically say oh like domestic violence is bad so you had a lot of women who were publicly airing their traumas and publicly expressing these sordid experiences hoping that men would take heed and then maybe like not watch the film again twitter has an extremely skewed i feel like people on twitter have an extremely skewed understanding of like what makes people change like it's not a twitter thread but anyway like um i i just don't think that a man like sandy thinks that like Sandy definitely knows that this shit yeah, is completely. harmful. Yeah. The thing is is that Sandy yeah. just doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. So the problem is not that he's ignorant, the problem is that he is indifferent. So and I feel this way about men generally, which is why I feel like educating men um is such a futile exercise. And I really just want to take a moment to talk about like the imp- the importance we gave on male self expression <laughs> so and i connect this back to like um i connect this not only to sandy's interview the interview of sandy but also to just quickly going back to aziz and sari and my bhat and all of these men um i feel like feminists there's a certain type of like liberal feminist who has beat her chest saying oh like uh, patriarchy harms men too you guys don't get to cry or express yourselves So really what these men who are just dying to think of themselves yes. as victims right um do, 
like the way that they end up interpreting that is just talking about their feelings yeah. nonstop yeah. um and their opinions nonstop so that's why you have like that kind of like nauseating special from Aziz Ansari that's why you have this kind of confessional video from Tanmay Bhatt and it is this very logic that is then giving a mic to someone like Sandy and asking him why do you want to put a toxic man um as a protagonist expecting an answer that is nuanced and complex rather than an answer that is just straight up like i yeah. think it's fun and people are so i don't know why people are so hesitant to acknowledge that most men think it is fun and enjoyable to see something like this and they simply just don't fucking care that some girl on twitter went through a terrible experience with an ex-boyfriend they just you know and the problem isn't that men know the problem isn't that men suppress the problem is that men fully know and that men don't yeah, do anything about indifference. it like I th- i'm sure like everyone i mean everyone's aware i mean like at least like there was uh, for for instance these threads etc i i mean it's so clear that men know about this stuff with sandeep mangareddy it's very sure. i mean it's very clear that he knows that the things that he puts up he's aware that the things that he puts up on screen are at least like uh, he is trying to provoke some sort of response from people also he's like sort of an rgv light like of the new generation who's trying to be a bit of an edge lord you know and yeah he, he is, is an edge lord he's red pilled Indian, I love that like blue pill and red pill doesn't even count <laughs> indian masculinity because indian men were like all red pill yeah absolutely Red pill from the womb, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Yeah, and like anything, and again, like again with the point of like this whole media circus around this man, expecting him to do anything uh, uh, apart from what he's kind of his stated purpose in that movie, which is very clear for anyone to see. It's so blase that this guy believes in these things. At least, or like he, uh, rather he, like yeah, takes pleasure, as you said. like he 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 takes pleasure in portraying a certain type of masculinity on screen so i don't know what people were expecting and it's like almost at this point i'm extremely cynical about the intent which was like exactly uh, what was achieved which is that oh yeah you'll get a bunch of clicks if you get this guy completely mouthing off like uh during an interview i mean yeah and men. speaking yeah. of um people online hoping that um their moral sensibilities um are going to change people one tweet at a time um let's talk about mahua moitra who i think is a really ex- interesting example i mean of course right now we're shifting away from talking about masculinity and comedy and pop culture but mahua moitra to me is an example of how people online who parade a certain kind of liberal sensibility um have an extremely limited idea of what political engagement or change is or what it means to you know what it what it means to actually move the needle in any capacity so she is someone who is an elected member of parliament um and she gave this rousing speech in parliament recently talking about how this new government um not this new government 
this incumbent this government yeah. inco- yeah. they know they're never going to leave yeah um, terminal government <laughs> yeah the government that the the forever government um has basically she, she was talking about how they fulfill like the seven, the 12 signs of fascism and how this government you know fulfills um or has met the criteria for like seven or eight or i don't know how many but she was just like going through the list and it was this very articulate angry speech um but ultimately that's what it was and i just thought it was funny that there was a group of people on twitter who i mean in the same way that people are celebrating aib boys for saying basic shit yeah. are celebrating her for being like the vanguard of resistance against um hindutva like this investment banker turned politician um for being yeah he's going to do a twitter so thread on like basically the lok sabha like uh, doing a twitter thread at parliament like uh in a very like gotcha fashion like this is exactly like uh yeah well articulated like uh, almost like stefanian like and that's what people yeah, laugh at yeah but up. i also yeah she's almost a stefanian <laughs> she's not a stefanian but she's almost yeah. a stefanian but um and i just also think is so funny about this is that you're listening to a woman you know go off about fascism and your response is like talia talia and like and not like complete and utter despair yeah. because what she's saying is right yeah exactly it's more about like the finery of the facts that were presented and how it was delivered and perhaps the intonation and the small pauses she took and the rhetoric she used as opposed to saying oh god we're completely fucked and this woman has just been listing out a bunch of extremely scary things that should make us do something else apart from like i don't know just i like yeah, sitting in the like grandstand and saying wow this is beautiful <laughs> like some yeah, beautiful passage has been sung or so, something like that <laughs> like, i mean and this and it, it just intersects so beautifully with the fact that you know she's a woman and a girl boss um yeah and i think what's even more i mean i think what is ultimately just blown her open as to like who exactly what what kind of person she is is the fact that she's now like suing this um channel for defamation for saying that her speech was plagiarized so i don't know who is advising her to do this but the fact that she has the fact that she has framed um being called out for plagiarism which of course is from like a network that um that we all knows in the pockets of this yeah, government but yeah. the fact that she had like that she is framing being called out for plagiarism as an affront on her free speech and that she is by actually just an exercise of just like narcissism is just is her fighting against fake news like i just find the way that people i mean from start to finish we've talked about people who are so cynically able to project their own personal like fancies yeah. and their own personal sort of um the way that they want to think about themselves you know the image that they have of themselves the way that they control that is just projected onto a larger fight so then if you support a larger fight 
you have to support them. They make themselves like synonymous Completely. with the ideals they are ostensibly fighting for. Um, which is why, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that, that's the reason why I like connect what's going on with Mahua Moitra to, you know, whatever's been going down with AIB and the Sandy, the Sandy interview. Um, because ultimately it's not so much about, it's, it is, I mean, it is about the person, but it's also about who is listening to that that's person. That's right. The liberal impulse in these people and like how they, um, Use these methods, basically. I think, in my opinion, like, uh, in most cases, at least in India, when you file a defamation case, it's just the height of hubris. <laughs> like, it's just that you think that uh, you have a very inflated sense of self-importance that someone can, and especially over a matter like this, oh, God, like, I don't think, I, I really have no idea who a legal counsel is and why they would even suggest something so stupid. And... Yeah. The yeah. fake news is the biggest danger to our country at this time, in the sense that, like, fake news, the way that she means it is typically that smells of a sort of Russia gate, but India version. She's transplanted the same meaning over here, especially fake news about her. Like, I can understand, like, yeah, it's fake news about her. Yeah. Like, a WhatsApp forward is it's... more destructive than this, like, any given day of the week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but and I yeah yeah, but liberals are lapping it up like left, right, and center, and then she ends up doing the same thing that like basically this government does to clamp down on people who are actually, I don't know, dissenters or people who actually do something that, uh, is I don't know, which doesn't win this uh liberal accolade on a daily basis, and nobody's or standing like in the... or the fact that no one's talking about the party that she's from, you know. Yeah, can yeah, like can we have a moment about the TMC, which is not again? Yeah, it's just like anything goes at this point, and anyone can be latched onto this um, resistance at any cost. And nobody like, gives like, a yeah, shit. Yeah, nobody does the bare minimum background <laughs> about these people at all yeah. to figure out where they are, and where their priorities are. <laughs> yeah, like what they're protecting yeah. in their home states, but also just um, if if sort of the rise and fall of AIB. Yeah has been framed in this like self-serving the social networky <laughs> kind of way yeah. like that's how they see themselves like oh it was an it was about our inability yes. to be suits suits yeah. that was a problem it was a bureau it was a breakdown of bureaucracy and uh, the managerial um of of like our ability to manage um and you know rather than just like complete sort of like moral and ethical vacuity like you know it's like, again an extension of that, that, like, that masculinity like this, crisis that they suffer from is oh we can be these sort of men these extremely like dandelion minded like uh, creative types but like we distance yeah, ourselves from exactly. the That's managerial totally class which are and dads like, and then or, this mama moitra thing is like people's like, 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 <laughs> fantasy of like the show west wing yeah. where all it takes to take down the enemy is like a really good speech really good sophistry is gonna like yeah. kill fascism tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah but seriously and i think that so many of these people are just able to um sort of capitalize on exactly what you said the sophistry and ultimately what this all of this comes down to whether it's sandy whether it's mahua or whether it's um the aib boys is sort of the collapse of the sophisticated class like, yeah 
<laughs> no, it is a class of society that is looking at themselves and realizing that they are gone, and there is like some awareness about it, and their fading relevance is like becoming more and clear. And this constant state of shock that people don't ascribe to what they ascribe to. Jesus, like seriously, just get off line. Like no, I don't know. Do something. It's like these cycles. <laughs> it's like these cycles. Yeah, it's like these cycles over and over again. Yeah. Of like, yeah. Yeah. and it's a typical yeah it's like grappling with their own lack of relevance in the country and that's about it again it's always about um, the, the issue will, i think even if we struggle and struggle to bring it uh, to a point and say that like hey this goes beyond you and this transcends you i think they will look at it as a failing about like oh the whatever the idea of india or we have done something wrong or we were not sophisticated enough at the right time or not giving the right speeches yeah 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 exactly they will give the problem is that, yeah. the lack of speeches <laughs> but also just um i don't know just the fact that with aib yeah like they framed their demise the they framed not their demise oh my god they're not dead <laughs> but they they're, they're only dead online they're, they're only but dead but they're crawling on. their way back yeah. but they're crawling their way back you know they're facilitating themselves with videos yeah. um comedy consultancy and carefully curated instagram exactly right mm-hmm. that's really what i want to talk about like i think it's hilarious that these men was like oh like what the problem was our failure was that we weren't good at being suits so now we are going to be consultants <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to be ceos they're like, moving to bangalore yeah. they're moving to bangalore and like starting these comedy consultancy services hey what does that even mean what does it mean to consult on comedy yeah and like how is that comedy is not a sk- like it's not a skill set like you know, like the fa- the fact that they have monetized this profession so deeply that they're now consultants yeah i know that's like it just makes no sense to me and like i think that's like a yeah it's it's basically like a nonsense term it's like trying to professionalize like a like a profession that wasn't even there to start with wasn't even there like i really want them to take this idea you know that show shark tank No. Oh yeah, Shark Tank first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want them to take this idea of like a comedy consultancy service to Shark Tank and we call like cockroaches. <laughs>